serious necrotic injury after a non-surgical rhinoplasty where the only presenting symptom was pain and capillary refill was normal. How could this be? That's what we're covering today on the Aesthetics Mastery Show. Welcome, I'm Dr. Tim Pierce. Hi, I'm Miranda Pierce. And today we're going to discuss a really interesting case which was seen recently in our clinic. So the patient was treated elsewhere and then came to our clinic for some support. Very unusual presentation. It took me by surprise and I thought it'd be well worth sharing. I'm hoping to interview the clinician who saw the patient in some detail on our Instagram later. But for now, let's understand some of the basic concepts that could have led to this situation so all of us can learn, hopefully, before we need to know the information. So the patient had non-surgical rhinoplasty, is that right? What happened? So we don't know an awful lot about the background and some of this, uh, obviously, you wouldn't be able to share even if you did know it. But essentially, a non-surgical rhinoplasty done abroad and then a symptom of severe pain happening days afterwards and then seeking support. So the, the rest is really what we were presented with, unfortunately, with, as is often the case, very few specific details, which does make it a little bit harder. And there are some potential pitfalls that we may all fall into when dealing with patients we don't know a lot about the background from and when patients can't explain themselves because most patients are completely unaware really of the details of the procedure they know generally what's happened but they can't give us specifics even sometimes what product was used is unknown so what went on in this as much as we know how did it present so the presentation was just severe pain uh, days after a procedure had been getting worse um, and the interesting thing from a clinical perspective is that the capillary reefer was normal. So if you just check along the dorsum of the nose and the nostrils, we didn't see anything in the initial assessment that seemed worrying. And this is really the bit that I really want to make uh, clear to our audience, which is you need to be a bit more thorough than that and think more clearly. I'll be honest, my initial thought was capillary refill is normal. I felt reassured. But there's more to it. And this is what we discovered as we went through the case. And hats off to the clinicians involved who were fastidious and went through as many details as possible to find out exactly why this patient was in so much pain. With this presentation of normal capillary refill but the pain, what would you normally want to know next? So we have to kind of figure out what could potentially be causing this. And really the details of the procedure make a really big difference to where your diagnostic mind goes. So where was the patient injected? When was the patient injected? What product was used? What depth of injection? What instrument were used? All of those, in my mind's eye, start to develop a pattern of potential risk. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't actually have any of those. I think if we'd known exactly where the patient was injected, it may have been a lot easier to immediately think of where this potential injury was. Because this is a confusing situation, patient in significant distress, but with a normal capillary refill. So um, the examination internally was really where it all started to come together. Why do you need to know all those things to realize complication? It's more the detail and the focus that you'd put into play if you know how the procedure's been done. So if, for example, you know that it was a treatment in the lower third of the nose, that's a different pattern of risk than the upper third. You know, the upper third, you have that the, it's from the internal carotid blood supply, so there's a higher chance of causing blindness and injury to, to that, that part of the facial blood supply. Whereas in, if you're in the lower third, you have the injury to the internal structures of the nose are a bit more likely. Uh, and that immediately should shift your attention. So um, l tip lifting might might hint at a different pattern of injection than removing a dorsal lump, a dorsal hump, for example. 
So what happened next? So on examination of the nose internally, um, it was revealed that there was a serious injury to the septum. So it looked like necrosis to the septum um, linked to this non-surgical rhinoplasty. And uh, this explained why there's so much pain, but also why the capillary refill on the outside of the nose is normal. Uh, and that's obviously where we tend to focus after an injury, a potential injury. Um, but the blood supply to the inside of the nose is different to the blood supply to the outside of the nose. So it was possible to have normal capillary refill on the nose externally, but internally have a severe necrotic injury. So does that mean then that we need to start doing capillary refill tests within the nose? Um, it's certainly what you should be doing if your patient presents with pain in that area. So probably the biggest take home from this this whole journey is to think internally with symptoms and signs and not just to look at the outside of the nose. If you have treated someone with a non-surgical rhinoplasty and they complain of pain, pain is very significant in most procedures. We may have a bit of discomfort, tenderness, but pain, you know, especially a lot of pain, uh, you should always see your patient and exclude serious injury face-to-face uh, -face, rather than assuming from a WhatsApp uh, video, for example, that the capillary refill is normal and therefore all they need to do is wait. So what went on then for the septum to be damaged and not other tissues? So to understand how a necrotic injury to the septum could occur, we need to review the blood supply to the cartilage. So the cartilage is an avascular structure. It's only two to four millimeters thick and there is no natural blood supply to it. It gets all its nutrients through the mucoperichondrium, which is a thin layer of tissue that sits on top of it. Remove that from the surface of the cartilage and the cartilage will die. And that's what we think has happened in this case. We've got to figure out why. So the nasal septum is actually supplied by five different vessels, uh, some from the internal carotid supply and some from the external carotid supply. From the external angle, we have the superior labial artery. So this supplies um, one of the important anterior parts of the blood supply to the septum, but we also have four other vessels. More posteriorly, branching from the ophthalmic artery is the anterior and posterior ethmoidal arteries. And then as we go even further back posteriorly, we also have the sphenopalatine artery supplying that aspect. And then inferiorly, through the roof of the mouth, we have the palatine artery. And then all of these vessels converge to supply Little's area using essentially what forms is the Kisselbach's plexus. This is a rich blood supply that supplies the mucoperichondrium, which then in turn supplies the septum, the cartilage of the septum with blood. Any disruption to these structures and you risk a necrotic injury. So this patient had a necrotic injury to the actual septum, which you could see internally. That's right. How could that have occurred? So I can see three potential ways that you could cause necrosis with a non-surgical rhinoplasty. Um, now, a lot of this comes from our understanding of what happens in a normal injury. So if you if you injure a nose, particularly a broken nose, it's it's a well-known uh, significant risk factor. If you, if you have a hematoma over the septum, that can cause necrosis to the septum. And then that later on will lead to a saddle bridge deformity of the nose, which is a really awful injury to have. So whenever you see someone with an injury and accident emergency to the nose, you rule out that hematoma over the septum. And if they do have a hematoma, you refer them to ENT so that that hematoma can be drained and dealt with to make sure that blood supply is protected. So this is really the, the fundamental understanding of why, why I think in this case we had this necrotic injury, which is uh, and in some way we had disrupted that blood supply. And I can think of three ways that a dermal filler could disrupt blood supply to that area. The first is we could actually simply cause a hematoma with the procedure. 
if you happen to inject in such a way that you traumatize a vessel in that area, it's possible that you could just cause a hematoma. Hematoma in other parts of the face, we wouldn't probably worry about that much. They get better on their own. But if you cause a hematoma in the septum, it's a potential necrotic injury. So that's probably the first and most directly related to what we already know from traumatic injuries to the nose. But the second is that if you were to inject filler in the same space, and you never know how people inject, you know, if you're going deep trying to find the periosteum, but you miss the bony cartilaginous dorsum and go into the, um, the, the, the inferior aspect where you're actually going through the middle of the cartilage, there is a potential that you could do what the hematoma does with filler. So a bolus of filler could track down into the same space the hematoma forms, so separate that muco perichondrium from the cartilage and then cause necrosis simply by the fact that it's in the wrong place. So boluses of filler in that area, potentially risky, at least in theory. Um, and the final way that you could cause it is what we all think about most often, which is simply a vascular occlusion. I actually think it's probably more likely in many ways to come from the inferior aspect. So if you're treating the nose and you're injecting it near the superior labial artery, that's one of the arteries that supplies Little's area. And potentially if you have enough filler flowing into the superior labial artery, up into the nose, you may block off some of those capillaries despite the rich blood supply if it gets to the capillary level, which is not necessarily that easy, but possible. Um, then you could cause necrosis through a lip treatment or treating the columella of the nose. Just going back to this idea of a hematoma causing the the nose to collapse, that worries me because I'm thinking, well, hematomas are pretty normal to cause. If someone was doing a dorsal hump and then they got a terrible hematoma, should they refer to ENT? Yeah, so the, the important thing is it's a hematoma over the septum, not any hematoma. And we really shouldn't be injecting anywhere near the septum right. in most cases. I'm trying to picture, you know, we live in a crazy world where all sorts of people do these procedures. Uh, you know, and even in the right hands, you know, maybe there's some freak event that happens and you cause trauma accidentally. So uh, we just have to keep our minds open to all the options. And, and trauma to that area with a needle or a cannula could cause a hematoma, but it's not in the classic place that I would expect to get a hematoma and injecting. I've never seen one in any of my patients in 12 years uh, have a hematoma in that area, but um, it's possible and, and it's just worth keeping on a radar that if you have a, a deep injection lower than you would normally and it goes straight into that area, it could cause that trauma. For my knowledge, where, would, where are we injecting to get this septum problem? So you'd have to be injecting off the bone. So when you're on the bone, the bone is shielding the internals of the nose. So as you go about two thirds down the nose, you will leave the bony dorsum and you'll start injecting in the cartilaginous dorsum. And so once you're over the cartilage, it's easier to go through. And then you could, if you went too deeply, affect the septum. So we're thinking about the inferior third of the nose. This is not an injury that you'd expect from treating uh, the, the upper third, where you're treating often with dorsal bumps. But if you're trying to lift a nose tip um, you're more likely to inject in this area. So what other injections could cause this kind of injury? So I was, I was trying to think through the different aesthetic goals that people have when they're injecting and how different techniques might predispose to causing this injury. If you think about how a lot of injectors inject along the, the bony dorsum of the nose, so if you're trying to lift a bump out, you're often placing the needle on the bone. Um, that's not going to cause it. But as you work down the nose, there is a point where you will then be over cartilage and if you inject deeply there, and in fact, I've seen this happen on training days where it just goes a bit too deep. So if, you're, if you inject filler or if, even if you don't put the needle all the way in, but maybe there's filler that can track down into that space, that's going to risk causing injury to, to that septum. And that might be because you're trying to lift a nose tip. 
Um, that's not how I would lift a nose tip, but that is, you know, we live in a big world full of people doing different things. So potentially it's an injection trying to lift a nose tip where the needle goes into the septum. Uh, obviously, we want to be injecting in the columella uh, for lifting a nose tip but not, and not into the septum, uh, but it's very, very close. We're actually talking a few millimeters. So any injection designed to elevate the nose tip in the lower third is a risk to, to injuring the, the septum, I think. Now, some people do it inferiorly as well. So that's the, the angle from the top. But if you're trying to elevate the columella this way as well and you go too deep, you're, you're, you're risking exactly the same injury, which is going, going too deep into the nose that way to try and elevate the tip is also putting the needle right where the septum is most vulnerable. And so we need to go, you know, maybe go in and touch the nasal spine as we often teach to lift a nose tip. But if you're going further than that, you're risking injury to the septum too. So th those are the two main ways that I can see the injury happening, which is deep injections with a needle. Um, it's possible, I suppose, if you're doing a an injection with a cannula that you could traumatize the area, tear a vessel, and that could cause a hematoma or fill a good track into that area. But it's, it's particularly this lower third of the nose um, that seems to me a potential risk for this. So take-homes from this case, uh, first of all, it's really important to think about the different risks in different parts of the nose. Sometimes we feel most dangerous injecting superiorly because we all worry so much about blindness, but remember the lower third is a risk for those internal injuries. The second take-home for me is to make sure that when a patient complains of pain, especially if it's significant pain, that you make sure that you see them face-to-face, -face, particularly if you've treated their nose, because I don't think there's anything you can do from afar to rule out an injury internally. You must see them and have a look. Thirdly, you may want to consider reversing the procedure and then referring to ENT, because um, I know that in hospitals in the UK that don't always feel comfortable using hyaluron days to reverse our aesthetic procedures. So you could do your aesthetic element of complication management and then the ENT surgeons can deal with a hematoma or other injuries that might be occurring to the septum in the way that they normally do for septal injuries. And fourth, when you are injecting, remember that going too deep, injecting into the septum, that's the risk we're really, I think, you're most likely to cause this problem with. So stay at the right depth. Um, it's a dangerous area. Make sure you're well-trained and think a lot about the anatomy because then these things should naturally occur to you uh, rather than just replicating the injections shown to you by a particular trainer on a particular day. Uh, understand the anatomy, design your injection technique around the anatomy, and that should make everyone a lot safer. Thank you very much for watching. If you've learned something, give us a like. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know in the comments what your take home from this video was. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Take care.